and just constant self-marketing. It's exhausting. It's exhausting to answer DMs and, and people's comments on Instagram 24 hours a day. But I believe that that's what helps grow. Listen, if someone is sitting in the middle of nowhere listening to your podcast and they make a comment on Instagram like that was a great episode and I'm in the comfort of my own New York City apartment having a cup of coffee, if I respond to that person and say, thanks for listening, you don't think they're going to be more interested in listening to another episode? One, one sentence. It takes 30 seconds. Oh, hey there. It is Joseph Rebelli here. You are listening to the Digital Bosses Podcast. Welcome back to a brand new episode. Let me ask you a question. What do you like to do to really switch off and not think about anything. Let me make a confession here. What I do is, of course, reading and try to always learn something new, but what I really need to relax and not think about anything, I just turn on the TV and put on a reality show. Whether you like them or you hate them, you have to admit they are really, really entertaining. And what really caught my attention this week is when you are a fan of reality show, but you're able to turn that passion into a business and becoming a friend with the cast members of this reality show. And this is exactly what my today's guest did. David Yontef is what I like to call a multi-talented entrepreneur. After opening, growing, and selling his own recruiting agency, he turned his passion for reality TV and the real housewife of fill in the blank into a proper business, creating Behind the Velvet Rope podcast, one of the fastest growing reality TV and pop culture podcasts to emerge in the past 12 months. On this episode, David shares his take on reinvention in business, how to adapt yourself and your brand to this change in time, the behind the scene of building a successful podcast show and how he managed to turn his passion for entertainment into a profitable business. If you are someone out there looking to make a career change and really turn one of your passions into a business, David is the right person to listen to as he did it many, many times and is ready to share this just for you on the Digital Bosses podcast. Recording with David was super fun and this episode has a very different style to the normal episode that you will hear on Digital Bosses and it kind of has more of a blend between business and entertainment, which I thought was necessary as we really live in a very weird time and place in history and we all need a laugh. So I wanted to sit down, relax, download the episode and really make sure you let us know when you're tuning in by tagging me at Joseph Rebelli and David at David Yontef on your Instagram stories so that we can repost you as well and share your feedback with our communities. We always love to know who is listening. Without further ado, let's dive in. Welcome to the Digital Bosses Podcast. Here's your host, Joseph Rebelli, a marketing strategist, brand building expert, and founder of the Rebelli Digital Agency. My definition of being your own boss means showing up for yourself so that you can show up for everyone and everything, personally and professionally. So congratulations on showing up, boss. I created a Digital Bosses podcast to give you simple, actionable, step-by-step strategies to help you turn your online dream into a purposeful and profitable business. If you are an ambitious coach, content creator, entrepreneur, or one in the making who is looking to create a business that makes an impact and helps you create a life that you love, 
Well, you are in the right place. So let's dive right into it. Hey, David, how are you today? Thank you for having me. Very, very welcome. I am really excited. I love your podcast. So before we dive in, I want to share a little bit more about how me and David connected. So you guys know that I leverage DMs a lot on Instagram. I always talk about how important it is to connect with people on DMs. And this is exactly how me and David connected because I am a huge fan of the Behind the Velvet Rope podcast, which David will share more about in a minute. And we kind of connected through your show. And, you know, I didn't know the behind the seat of David business, which I think is really interesting and super innovative. And today we are talking about how to reinvent yourself several times, which is what David did. So before we get there, I would love you to share more about who you are, what you do, and how did you get to where you are today? Were you shocked that when you DM'd me, I got right back to you? Yeah, that was really interesting to me because it never really happens so quick. So I was really like, oh, wow, that's amazing. This is good. This is really good. <laughs> I am I am a real huge fan of the DM as well. I think it's, it works. And I don't know, I a lot of business happens over Instagram DM. So I am all about that. So I agree. But I mean, yeah, so I have reinvented myself many, many, many times and successfully, you know, for lack of an ego every single time, you know, I went to law school. I went to college. I majored in accounting. I went to law school. I graduated. I practiced corporate tax. So I really had a corporate lawyer job, you know, and I was never really happy doing that. Probably right from day one, I was like, this is the first day. This is supposed to be exciting. I hate it. But I did it. And, you know, like, listen, I think when you go through like a certain number amount of schooling, like you just have to at some point say, I got to do what makes me happy in life. Like, I think it's hard for people who have certain degrees and have spent certain money on getting degrees to leave a profession. But I say to people, if COVID hasn't taught us anything, life is too short. Yeah. So eventually, right. So after being miserable, practicing corporate tax law for a year after year after year, probably like four years, I finally, I wanted to go into HR recruiting or something like working with people. So I finally quit my job and then took a minute to like reset myself, took like a month off. It's not that big a deal, a month in Europe, pulled it together, decided I wanted to go into HR, came back, had a lot of jobs in like legal recruiting and staffing. And then I was, so I was like staffing and finding jobs for people. And then one day I'm like, nobody knows what I'm doing. I'm just sitting at this desk. Why don't I have my own company? Like, I don't understand why I'm here. Like I'm finding the clients, finding people jobs. I'm like, thanks for the base salary, but like, why don't I? So I started my own company shortly thereafter. And that was really, so I mean, there I've reinvented myself the first time, ran a huge staffing company, really like timing had a lot to do with it. It was a successful business. Look, I think if you're successful in business, I've always said this, I think maybe 70% is intelligence and hard work. Yeah. And I think 30% is just luck. It's just timing. Yeah. You know, like if you have a certain idea five years later, well, it's too late. So I really, when I say this, people are always like, don't take away from your own success. Like it's not taking away from my success. But I just think luck, like I just timed it right. So 30% luck, but I worked hard and I knew what I was doing. So I ran a company for a long time. 
And then the market started changing and like, and at least in the U S like staffing agents weren't being used to find jobs for people. And, you know, the economy has been up and down. So I sold my company kind of also at the right time. Like I had enough foresight to say like the right, I just saw the writing on the wall of like, I'm not going to make money if I keep doing this. So I sold that and I was lucky. Then I ran in-house companies. I worked at Martha Stewart for a while. Running wow. That. That's really cool. Yeah. And I reported into Martha. So that's amazing. There you go. Love Martha Stewart. It was an interesting. I mean, you do love her, but if you worked for her, you might not love her as much. Oh, absolutely. I, I am a totally believer of that. <laughs> you know, it, this, whole, um, this happens very often with people that are so driven to the point that working for them becomes a nightmare. We have lots of examples of that. And I want to touch on two key points here that you shared. The first one is timing and how you realized that the market was changing, what you were doing was not as profitable as it used to be. And this really takes a lot of courage because lots of people associate business to emotions, which I uh, don't think is necessarily the right attitude if you actually want to make it successful. People really uh, feel like sometimes they are holding to something that is not really working anymore. And interestingly, I had a conversation the other day with a friend of mine that has a restaurant and due to coronavirus, they had to change the whole business model and you know they know what's right and what's wrong in terms of business, what they need to be doing to in line to make profit again, but there is something there that they can be changing because there is emotions to it. So you sold the company, you were from this recruiting company where you were a board director, right? And you were understanding how the market is changing. And we're talking before COVID, right? Like literally time in here. And then you reinvent yourself. And on the reinventation, if you will, this is where I want to ask you, you know, lots of people have to reinvent themselves right now due to the time and place where we are, which is really uncertain. And, you know, you see your hard work, your investment in education, as we shared before, changing the uh, way you approach things because life is changing. What would you say to somebody that is looking to uh, reinvent themselves, but they are facing lots of fear and this fear is holding them back? Well, first of all, I totally agree with what you said. I mean, I feel there is no room for emotion in business. Like, I cannot say that enough. Like, I mean, maybe I'm going to give New Yorkers a bad name. Maybe I'm being a stereotypical New Yorker. It's just like, cry in the morning, get your emotions out. And I just, I don't believe in having emotions in business. It's not personal, it's business. So I agree with that statement, first of all. And I mean- Listen, I feel that that is just it. I feel that most people, like right now, everyone listening to this, if you really think about what you want to do, I would say at least half the people out there listening to this, you are in your own way, not other people. So I think a lot of people get in their own way and get in their own head. And right, the fear is what holds them back. I would say, just do it. Like it's okay to fail, you know, like it's okay. Yeah. Like certain businesses cost money as a point of entry. Okay. Like there, there are other things which are hindering you, but I feel like, listen, if COVID hasn't taught you something like life is short. So it's like, you have to, it, 
this is such a stereotype, but it's true. Like if you do what you love, it won't feel like work. And that oh, yeah. is true. So I feel like, you know, anyone listening to this, like, look at what's holding you back. Is, is there, are there real roadblocks in your way or are you in your way? And I think a lot of times the person gets in their own way. It's like, look, there's nothing to be afraid of. Like, so what? You're going to try something and you're going to fail. Okay, you failed. I mean, to be honest with you, like, that's actually good. Like, if you start a new business in your first week, month, two months is hell and it's a failure, that's not so bad. It actually builds character. And okay, so you failed. So that was your worst fear was to fail. And now you have. So now who cares? Now it's all up from here. Exactly. And what what is coming up for me is think about what is the worst thing that can happen to you? And, you know, it's interesting because I was having this conversation uh, last week on the off recording of the podcast with my other guest. And we were saying how much people fear of failure because they don't look into the perspective of what's the worst thing that can happen to me? Okay, failure is bad. Why is bad? What does uh, failure means to me? And this is, as you said, sometimes knocking your head on the door, it's a good thing. And, you know, I want to talk about the way you turn your passion, your passion essentially into this incredible podcast, which is Behind the Velvet Rope. And the question that is coming up for me, first of all, why Behind the Velvet Rope podcast and what's behind this idea and what kind of vision do you have for this business? Because you, as you said before we started recording, you have a very different business model that is not as common, but that's why I think it's really successful because it's not there just yet. It's different and that's what works. So I would love you to walk me through that. So... Right. So I practiced law, then I had a recruiting company, then I sold it. So after, you know, I had time on my hands and listen, I've always loved reality TV. Always like the real world, the simple life, the hills, Laguna Beach, like these are all just things that I've loved. So, I mean, listen, living in New York City, I have access to, you know, the housewives, like the New York housewives are here, the New Jersey housewives are here. So to me, I had time on my hands and I'm like, I didn't understand all these people that sat around and talked about, you know, well, this one did that on TV. And I'm like, this isn't like, you know, Madonna. This isn't like Britney Spears. Like these are people that we could, they're, they're real people. So I was like, I'm just going to become friends with these people. Like, I'm not going to sit around and talk about all these people. I'm going to insert myself into the story and just, you can talk about me. So I, listen, it's not, it doesn't happen overnight. And I wrote a book on it and I don't know when the book is going to be out because of COVID, but it's really a process of how to go to from being a fan to a friend with all of these people. And I love that. And what do you think, because, you know, I agree with you, reality show and in general TV really triggers two emotions to the viewer. One of them can be inspiration or aspiration to a lifestyle that is completely different to yours and you kind of want to see what's in it. And that's where I think reality such as The Simple Life kind of worked out because they were so innovative at the time, having somebody coming from a very wealthy background and going into a completely simple life course. And, you know, I think here, what you really done so remarkably to me is how you said, okay, I like this. 
I love what this represents and I want to kind of be in it, but I don't want to be just a viewer. I want to be inside of it and really kind of make an impact. And you did. So let's talk about Behind the Vivero for a second, because, um, you know, it's all about the Real Housewives of Bravo. And my question for you, this is one of my passion as well. I love Real Housewives. I don't watch all of them. I'm going to be really honest. I watch Real Real Housewives of Beverly Hills and I watched the New York one and I watched Ladies of London, which has a very good friend of mine, which is Adela King. And, you know, what is really interesting to me, it's how the whole ecosystem of this business, it's so captivating and converting people really stick to the screen until the end even if you don't watch all of them you really do stick to the screen and this is what you do with your podcast because I just go into your podcast and I have to say your podcast for me is really really relaxing it's the thing that I listen on a Saturday it's just so nice to be able to switch off and reality show does this to people people don't really want to think about their problem all day so reality show it's a way to really switch off and you know you make this podcast so um, remarkable and it's the fastest growing reality TV and pop culture podcast in the last 12 months. So a really good well done to you on this because this is amazing. And what do you think is the one thing that allow you to stand out comparing to other podcasts which might be similar to yours? Well, I mean, so my podcast has had a whole evolution. So like when it started, because like, you know, you asked like, how did it start? It really started because I became friends with these housewives. And then I was hanging out with them and I was like, there's no cameras and like stuff is happening. Now, of course, if something is really confidential, if someone's like, listen, don't mention this, I'm filing for divorce in three weeks. I'm not going to talk about that on a podcast. But it was like the fun little things of like, well, this one just fell off the bar stool. And that one's making out with someone in the corner. And like, is anyone watching that? Like this one over here is about to go home with that. I'm like, these are like fun little stories. So I started my podcast really to tell these stories of hanging out with these reality stars of what happens when no one's watching. It's now morphed into, so it went from two days to three days to four days. Like we're five days a week now. It's like an everyday podcast, which is unheard of for a podcast, really. Yeah. And now it's turned into just interviews. So I interview these Bravo people and these reality stars now, not just Bravo all the time. So I think like what, so behind the velvet rope, the name really came from like, you know, it's not an ego thing. It's more like, let me take you behind the velvet rope. Like I'm hanging out with all these people. It's behind the velvet rope. Like I, I, I did it. I lifted the rope and I walked back and I'm like, let's hang out. So like, let me bring you into this world and let me tell you what's going on when these women are not filming. Like there's a lot of, listen, the real crap happens off camera. So I'm like, let me tell now it's turned into an interview show. So that's kind of how it started. I think what sets us apart is my interview style. I mean, listen, I, people say this all the time. Like I will invite you in. I will buy you dinner and drinks. I will relax you. We start out slow. I'm your good friend. And then, I mean, I don't know if I could swear on here. But, yeah, you're getting it's fine. <laughs> you know, like, look, I'll buy you your first martini. I'll buy you your second martini. I'll buy you your third martini. <laughs> but then mama wants some. So it's like, well, I think I just have a way of relaxing these guests. And, you know, I'm not 
I mean, we're, we're hanging out, but like, look, if there's, if we got to get to the bottom of something, I'm not going to shy away from it. So I think by the time I get to my questions and I'm going to stick it to you, you're already relaxed. So but you like have I, no easy, you have no exhibition. You, you can just go with it, and this is a very good. This is a very good way of interview. I, must, I should do the same. It's difficult on virtual, <laughs> but I, that's a very good idea. I should get people to come on board and get them drunk. That's good. Well, and I do it in like a nice, yeah, way. And like they don't always drink. Like, don't get me wrong, but like, look, there are people that won't answer things. But if we have to get to the bottom of some drama. I'm going to go there. Like, I can't have you on and not ask you what I need to ask you. So for anybody that is, let's say somebody out there is not a fan of Real Housewives and is not into reality TV, I would love you to kind of walk me through a little bit more into your business module. So the podcast is really your main source of traffic, right? And this is where everything starts. So walk me through how did you... Because we shared before, your business model is slightly different. So I would love you to share whatever you feel comfortable with and how you structured that. So what's the uh, strategy behind your podcast that makes it so successful and that really made it grow so quickly and exponentially in such a short period of time? So, well, a couple of things. Listen, I mean, I think one thing that people mistake when they... Listen, if you want to start a podcast, if anyone out there wants to start a podcast... And it's a hobby and they just enjoy doing it. More power to you. Start the podcast, talk amongst yourselves. And I am, that's, I'm not looking down upon you. Have a great time and keep a job. And that's a great hobby. I was like, I mean, if I'm going to do this five days a week and get my ass out of bed, honey, this ain't no hobby. Mama needs some money over here. So to me, I think that's a big mistake that people make when they start a podcast. It's like, If you started this for a hobby, that's great. But if you really started this for a business, I see so many people that do so many things wrong. It's like, don't forget this is a business. You have to always remember that. Like, so to me, when I started it, it was just like more is more. You know, sometimes people on Instagram will say like self-promote much, like as if it's a bad thing. And I'm like, yeah, like I am all about the self-promotion. So Well, you are a personal brand. As soon as you put a picture on Instagram, and this is something that I agree with you because, you know, I have an agency, a marketing and branding agency, but the real reason why we get people on board is because I show up daily and I talk about what we do, but not in a way that I want to sell you something. It's really to connect people that struggle with a specific thing and they feel like they need that help. And as soon as you put something out there as, you know, businessy, whether there is a podcast or YouTube channel or a service that you offer, whatever, you are your business, you are your face. So self-promotion is really, this word, people don't really like it because they associate to ego and to kind of be full of yourself. I instead think it's more about being a service. Whatever is the industry where you specialize, whether it is entertainment, whether it is education, whether it is, um, you know, uh, providing a specific service to it, you are a service. So do you agree with that? Yeah, I do. And it's like the hustle. If it's between like the work hours, you know, and you listen to two episodes, well, okay, great. Thank you for listening. What about episode three, four, and five? Like, to me, it's like more is more. It's just, that's, I have that marketing 
and sales, like that's just my personality. So I think that's a lot of how I was able to grow this. I mean, also I'm not really one to just, I mean, this is true for my podcast and for other businesses I've had. I don't believe in, and I've seen this a lot of times because people come to me for advice on how to start a podcast. Like I don't believe in sitting around in theorizing and talking and let's plan it out. And now we have it on paper and let's make a move. Yeah. Fuck, fuck that. Fuck that. I'll talk about it for five minutes, 10 minutes. Okay. Let's do it. I mean, no, I had no idea. I mean, I had no idea of how to do a podcast before I started. So, I mean, I figured it out like, okay, you need this, you need this. And then to me, I'm like, I don't know, this might suck. This might suck. This might be the worst podcast in history, but I'm not going to sit around for three months and plan it out and figure out what to do. I'm going to record an episode and put it out and then I'm going to have a second episode. And then it's like, so to me, it's like, I'm just, I'm a doer. I'm not really a talker when it comes to business. So that's part of how I built my podcast up. That's part of how I had a successful company. It's the same set of skills. I mean, everything that I use to run my staffing agency that I sold, I've applied all of the same mental thought processes to my podcast. Like, I don't want to talk about it. I I hate talkers. You don't have to brag. I don't want to hear all of your accomplishments. Just shut up and do it. The proof is in the pudding. So I'm like, two episodes are out. They did pretty well. Now there's two more. Okay, now we're three days a week. Now we're four days a week. It's kind of like, I just like to put it Mm. out there and do it and like get my hands dirty and then just see it grow. So, I mean, that's kind of one of my strategies is like doing it and just constant self-marketing. It's exhausting. It's exhausting to answer DMs and, and people's comments on Instagram 24 hours a day. But I believe that that's what helps grow. Listen, if someone is sitting in the middle of nowhere listening to your podcast and they make a comment on Instagram, like that was a great episode. And I'm in the comfort of my own New York City apartment having a cup of coffee. If I respond to that person and say, thanks for listening, you don't think they're going to be more interested in listening to another episode? One, one, one sentence. It takes 30 seconds. Exactly. And this is what I call relationship. And, you know, people that I had a training the other day on a Facebook group. We were talking about mass marketing against relationship marketing, which is when you obviously build relationship with people, which is what sells. And, you know, it is really down to start before you're ready. You will mess up on the way and that's okay. And from a perspective, from a perfectionist perspective, this is the lesson I learned myself a lot. When I started with my business, I was really waiting for things to be perfect. They never will be. And I said to myself, you know what, let's put it out there, see how it goes. And, you know, we already covered this, but if you have to say one thing to someone that is starting out in your industry, they want to probably set a podcast, they want to make it successful. What would it be if you want to say only one thing? Two things, consistency and hard work. Awesome. Those are the two that I literally, consistency and hard work. I agree. I couldn't agree more. And... This is just really what it gets down to. Some people associate podcasting, YouTube, and whatever it is to something easy that they can do in their spare time. They don't realize how much time this takes. Seriously. It is really time consuming. And so I want to ask you, 
Yes. Talking about reality show, other than The Real Housewives, which of course is your kind of focus, what other reality show from now or in the past you really love that you would love to see again on TV? What's your take on the Kardashians? And that's the thing. Like we don't, I mean, at one point we were so heavy Bravo and Housewives and I literally was like, okay, you know what? We have five days a week now. So I consciously now, like we just covered the Hills. We had a bunch of people on from Laguna Beach and the Hills. And like, we just had Peppermint from RuPaul's Drag Race. Oh, wow. So I, yeah, today, to tune in. So I purposely at one point, I, and that's another piece of business advice, having all your eggs in one basket, no, 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 and no. Like, what if the Bravo network goes under? What if all the housewives get together and decide that they don't like, like, I'm like, it's too much. So at one point I woke up in a state of panic, like, oh my God, we need to diversify. So it's like, you know, 60% housewives from Bravo or 70, but like I went out of my way to have, we just had the director from This Is Paris, the Paris Hilton movie. So we're- Oh, I love that. That movie was good. What do you think about that? I thought it was really good. You have to, I had a two-part sit down with the director. You have to listen to it. It's so interesting as far as just, she had access. I mean, it was great. Like Paris Hilton's a queen. She is the real influencer. (laughs) She's, I mean, she's brilliant. So I, I love the Kardashians. I love the Kardashians. I mean, also brilliant. Like, look, I think. In the beginning, yes, it was a joke. Paris is famous for being famous. So is Kim and blah, blah. I'm sorry. It's 20 years later, people. These people are not famous for being famous. They're brilliant and they know what they're doing. They're brilliant marketers. Brilliant. Absolutely. And there is definitely a start before you're ready there as well, because I don't think at the beginning they knew what they were doing. They kind of figured it out on the way, but they really kind of took results to the table. And that's what is speaking right now, results over words. And, you know, when it comes to Paris Hilton, the documentary I thought was really amazing on how she really shows a side of herself that we're not really used to it. And I like, you know, I'm a very huge fan of biography and documentaries about people. I'm really interested about people's journey because I think we can, we can all learn from anyone that has a different journey from ours. And then we can kind of take something that works for us and make it work in our situation. And that's what Paris did. I mean, if you think about, we have people that are getting paid to share a picture on Instagram right now. And she used to do that. 15 years ago, before Instagram started, it was kind of really the first influencer and this is what she shares in the movie. So before we wrap this up, I want to ask you, we already shared yes. a little bit of what's next for you, which is your book, but I want to know more about it. I'm curious. Tell me a little bit more about this book. We're not going to share the date or anything. And I would love to tell me what you're going to be focusing on on that. Well, so for the book, people always ask, like, how did you become friends with all these housewives? And I'm like, listen, it's not that hard. And the more I kept answering the same question, I'm like, maybe I should write a how-to book. So it's literally a how-to book. Like, if you want to become friends with some, pick your favorite reality show that you're watching. There is a way to do it. Now, it doesn't take a day. It doesn't take a month. It doesn't take three months. And I'm not, I'm talking real friends. This takes... It probably takes around a year of your life. So it's just as in, listen, there's a lot of my secret stories in there about like what happens behind the scenes. So it's not like a 
list like one through 10 and oh my God, this book is so boring. You know, it's really just uh, like there's little stories peppered in there, but it's like a how to become friends with these people. And if you read it and you actually follow this book, I guarantee you, you will become friends with all these people as well. And then also what's next is just like I said, like the podcast, it's five days a week. We, it's not just housewives. We have branched out. Like if people love reality TV, like ladies of London, I've got a lot of ladies of London coming up for you. We had Noelle Reno on, we had Miss Adela on, Adela's coming back. We have lots of ladies of London and just like any reality show that you can think of. We have, we have someone from the bachelor coming up. So we're diversifying. I think that's my key of what I'm trying to do for the podcast. Absolutely. And that's really what I think drives people in the fact that they can find um, kind of a melting pot of their favorite passion in one place, which is your show. And it's really good. So favorite housewife. Of all time. Of all time. If you need to pick one. I mean, just because she won the game and she's moved on and life is probably Bethany Frankel. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she won people. There's not going to be another winner like this. She won. Christian Siriano won Project Runway. Bethany Frankel won the Housewives. It's that simple. There isn't going to be another winner ever like Bethany. And so it's admirable. I mean, there's someone who came in and said, wait, I have a platform and like, okay, I'll get into the drama. But like Bethany kind of had a plan. I mean, whether she knew it was all going to work out like this or not is another story. But she had a plan right from day one of like, I'm going to use this show. The show's not going to use me. It's not going to make a fool of me. I mean, might have. But she had a plan of like, you want me to do this crazy shit? A, pay me. And B, I'm going to use this to market my business and my products. And they all try to do that. But people get lost along the way about what's really important. I think, you know, in terms of storytelling, when it comes to reality show, the problem is when the story is telling more about you instead of what you do. And I think this is where the Kardashian are clever. If you look at the way the layout of the show is planned out right now, there is a little bit of story to them. There is definitely a part of the business where they share what they do behind the scene. And there is definitely a focus on sharing what they do in terms of project they're working on. And I think this is where you can use your platform in the right way. And sometimes this becomes a loop so people kind of go into a loop and they are so focused on what's happening with, you know, with a husband, with a divorce, et cetera, which is entertaining until a certain extent. But once you have a whole season of it, it becomes boring and people kind of lose the focus of what you actually are doing there, why you are there for. And sometimes that works into, you can you know, you become a celebrity. That's what, that's your personal brand. People love you and that's great. But once you're out of the loop of the reality show, you are associated to that and that's it. Whether, for example, the Kardashian don't need their reality show anymore because they created such a huge personal brand on social media that the reality show is just there to give people a fuller version of what they already seen on Instagram. So I think it, there is different ways to it. And, you know, what I really like from a perspective of reality show, whether you like it or not, is the way you can actually, uh, if you play right, as we shared, you can create something really big out of it because you are allowing yourself to have a platform that you can use. And the way you use it, it's entirely up to you. And yeah, so I think this is 
the way, yeah, I think this is the way I want to wrap up the episode. And of course, I want to share where they can find your podcast and where they can find you over on Instagram or whatever you are. Yeah. So <laughs> no, I mean, I have lots of social media, but at the end of the day, for me, it's all about Instagram. So at behind velvet rope, there's no thought, it's just at behind velvet rope. And on Apple or anywhere podcasts are found, it's behind the velvet rope. So if you like reality stars, I have a lot of people that listen to my podcast that say they don't know anybody that I interview, but they just think it's a funny podcast. So, but it's five days a week. It's interviews behind the velvet robe and on Instagram at behind velvet robe. And if anyone needs any business advice, you could DM me, or if you like the podcast, DM me. And I, I do respond to DMs. It's really me. That's yeah, you do. You do. And this is how we connected. Thank you so much, David, for being on board. I really enjoyed this you know, this conversation and I'm sure the listener did too. And for anybody looking for a podcast to listen on your spare time, or if you want to really kind of entertain yourself, go to Behind the Velvet Rope. So thank you so much for being on board. Thank you. All right, that is it for the day. Now, the best conversations actually happen after the show. So I would love you to join the Digital Bosses community if you haven't just yet over on Facebook. This is where coaches, creators, and business owners just like you connect, grow, and thrive to take their brand and business to the next level. We're having some amazing conversation out there and we're only waiting for you to come and join us. So if you haven't just yet, make sure you click on the link on the description below this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. I will see you same time, same place next week.